0: Crime and
1: me. I've diagnosed some people, I think it's been pretty accurate. Definitely
0: done my fair share of psychiatry work. I've prescribed a few pills, you know. Crime and knee. Disclaimer. 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 We are in no way responsible for the things that come out of our mouths.
1: We are not experts, although we may claim to be, so don't take anything that we say too literally.
0: We are not laughing at the crimes, we are laughing at
1: each each other. other. (laughs) Welcome
0: to another episode
1: of Criminy.
0: We're your hosts,
1: Angela and Matt. Hey, that was good. (laughs) Woo!
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so, I chose this case because, well, frankly...
1: What?
0: <laughs> well, I thought Mom was going to be on this episode.
1: Oh, yeah. She's not ready. So there's
0: miscommunication. Ready. Our mother was going to join us on this episode and decided it was too... She needs more time. She needs more time.
1: She's going to make her story so good.
0: So good. It's going to blow you out of the water.
1: Um, Right out the
0: water. So this story is going to introduce, it's going to, it's a story about a mama. A little Italian mama. Just like ours.
1: (laughs) Cute.
0: (laughs) I'm going to tell you the story of Leonardo Chianculi. Would you say Chian.
1: I would say Chian. Chianculi,
0: right? Cute. Culey.
1: Yeah. Cianciulli.
0: Ch- Something like Something
1: that. Something
0: like that. Okay. Leonardo.
1: Cianciulli?
0: Cianciulli. Leonardo was born... August, uh, was born October 15th. Is this
1: Leonardo?
0: Le- that's what I said. Okay. Duh. Duh. Okay. Leonardo <laughs> yeah. was born October
1: 15th, 1893. Oh, another
0: oldie. In Montella, Ave... Avelinos. Is this, like,
1: another straight-from-Italy story?
0: <laughs> um, well, luckily I didn't have to translate any sources. However, <laughs> oh. there she did write a memoir that I'm assuming is in Italian. Oh. I didn't get my hands on it, but, oh. you know, with all your... Duolingo. That'd be a good
1: way to practice. You might have to translate I'm it get for me. The memoir. I don't know if I could translate it for you. I might be able to do like every tenth <laughs> every word. word. Not even every other the, <laughs> the,
0: A is. Okay. Okay. So
1: Well, I'm on prepositions now, so I can get some ooh, of the ups and froms and with. With. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um well Sadly, she was born as a result of a pregnancy due to rape. Oh no! Oh, sad way to start. Um, yeah. Uh, this accounts for reasons why her mother Amelia de Nolfi Nofi, didn't love her and was never good to her.
1: I mean, not really, but.
0: Okay. I mean, well, her mother had to marry the man, <gasps> Mariano Chianculli, oh, no. who raped her because back then that's what you had to do. Oh
1: no. So. So yeah, she kind of you know, resented her. For, right. Oh God.
0: And they lived in one of the most poverty-stricken ri- regions in I- Italy.
1: Look, this is why abortion should be legal and rape needs to stop.
0: Amen.
1: I mean, these are pretty revolutionary ideas. Apparently.
0: <laughs> just everyone, keep your hands off of each other. Yeah. What yes. is consensual?
1: Consent is key. Just ask. Please, just ask.
0: Jesus. Okay.
1: And no means no.
0: No means no. So, you can see from the beginning that she had a bit of a rough start. Yeah, really rough. Um, so, I couldn't find, like, a ton of information on her early life, but maybe it's in that memoir? So, you know.
1: Also, yeah, it's like 1800. You read,
0: translate, and we'll, on episode 130, meet back and discuss.
1: I will. Just don't get mad if it's all completely inaccurate.
0: (laughs) At least you tried.
1: I tried. It's not my fault.
0: (laughs) Um, Early in her life, we know that she attempted suicide on two occasions due to the emotional abuse by her mother. Oh, no. Her father died when she was young. So, I mean, good. not so
1: bad. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. In
0: 1917, Cianculi Cooley, or Leonardo, yeah. married a registry office clerk named Raffaele Pansardi.
1: Wait, when was she born?
0: In 19... Or, sorry, in 1893. So, she's 20.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Her parents did not approve of the marriage. Um, oh, she's 17... Wait, 93? Oh,
1: yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
0: Her parents didn't approve of the marriage. I think her mom got remarried. Her mom got remarried. Should a okay. stepdad? Um, her parents didn't approve of the marriage, mm-hmm. as they had planned to marry her to another man. Oh
1: God, that. Uh... When they
0: thought that was much more suited to her.
1: Yes, of course. They should be the ones
0: and to decide. Because Leonardo went against her mother's wishes, she always believed that her mother cursed her. Oh no! That nothing good could come of her life now. Oh no. Um,
1: I just feel like with her mom, it was probably like in a, like her parents are probably like, now you gotta marry this guy, and then she's kind of doing the same. Th- I mean, not that the guy like raped her, but she's kind of doing the same thing where it's like, oh, I know who you should marry. When it's like,
0: okay, mm-hmm. yeah, kay. that's that was the culture. Um, by going against her parents' wishes, she was no longer welcome to stay in the family home, leaving no choice but to move to her husband's town in Lauria. Oh. Leonarda went to see a gypsy and a fortune teller. I think around the same time uh-huh. she was into that. Um, I mean,
1: who's not? And
0: one of them, I think it was the uh, the fortune teller, told her that in your right hand I see prison.
1: Oh God!
0: In your left, I see a criminal asylum.
1: <laughs> it's like the same thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Or like an... like a
0: maybe like a hospital like i would a assume hosp- like a, a yeah. an asylum is it would be more like yeah. a
1: so basically nothing good So you're is fucked in your future yes. that's and very that, specific
0: that reinforced her superstition that oh her mother had god. cursed her so you know she went to another fortune teller or a gypsy um uh-huh. and that person told her that she would marry and have children but that all of her children would die young oh
1: god She's like, okay. The first fortune teller that was so shitty. I'm gonna try again, uh-huh. and well, that's even shittier. So great, good luck.
0: Well, that's even shittier. Um, Too quiet. Well, just oh, I, feel I feel like, like I'm, I'm. I feel yelling. like I am like way closer to the microphone. Oh, I don't
1: think you are. Your depth person. <laughs> 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 oh, also, I don't know if gypsy is like. A good well, also, word. someone
0: said so one source said gypsy, one source said Romani.
1: Yeah, I think they're Romani or whatever.
0: I'm not sure I think, yeah. what the proper nomenclature
1: yeah. I don't think it's gypsy.
0: Okay, well, I copied and pasted Yeah, Yeah, so no, I Erase it. that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um,. So, all the sources said that she was imprisoned for fraud at 33 years old.
1: Wow, she got started early.
0: But, uh, there wasn't... 33 early?
1: I mean... <laughs> it's all relative, right?
0: Are you thinking, like, it's oldie time, so 33 is basically... No, because 33 is be, like, Oh, wait, she'd be, she like, be like, really old. Yeah. Aww. She got started pretty late. Well, um, unless
1: she just got caught, then. There
0: you go. So, there's not much information, maybe, in her memoir. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I know, I'll get it, okay. okay, okay. I'll get the memoir. <laughs> get it. Uh but she was yeah, she was imprisoned. She was there, she did her time. When she's released, the couple moved to La Lacedonia Avellino shortly after they moved into their nice new home. You
1: don't and- know what the fraud was?
0: No, I couldn't find any information on Damn. what it was. Okay. I know. Okay. In my like two minute search. I couldn't find any Damn. information. <laughs> Um, Shortly after they moved there in 1930, an earthquake hit. Ooh. And their new house was destroyed.
1: Oh, no. Maybe she is cursed. It was
0: a magnitude of a 6.6. Oh, fuck. Hit the entire region, killing over 1,400 people. Oh,
1: shit. Okay, maybe she was lucky then.
0: The earthquake is now known as the Irapenia, Irapenia earthquake.
1: That's so many people.
0: Um, yeah. So it was a very devastating earthquake. So she might
1: be a little cursed. Well, but she didn't die, so she's not that cursed, I guess.
0: No, but it's just like you're going to have a horrible life.
1: I mean, silver lining. She's still alive.
0: (laughs) She's like, why am I still alive? (laughs) They once again moved to, moved, and they moved to Correggio, Reggio Emilia, where Leonardo opened a, Leonardo, sorry, Uh opened a small shop.
1: Oh, good for her.
0: She was very popular and well respected within her neighborhood as a nice, gentlewoman, and a doting mother and a nice neighbor. She oh, she had kids. Yeah, they kind of plugged that in before mentioning kids, but uh, I'll mention it in a second. Okay. She sold items at the shop, but also provided fortune telling and oh! matchmaking services. Oh
1: God, she became a fortune teller.
0: Yeah, she was always into it. So... I hope
1: she's telling people nicer,
0: nice fortunes.
1: Things. <laughs> You will
0: have a lovely day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Throughout their marriage, Leonardo and Raffaele had 17 pregnancies. Oh. But lost three of the children to miscarriage. Oh. Ten more (gasps) died in their youth.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Consequently, she was heavily protective of the four surviving children.
1: Can you imagine being pregnant seventeen, 17
0: times? times? And it was probably like oh one god. right after the other, after yeah. the other. Af- oh my oh god! The how many? Yeah, years and years of just yeah. pregnancy, and carrying. Yeah. Uh, let's see, three. So carrying like fourteen to term.
1: So that's like fourteen years plus more. This poor woman.
0: So the fortune kind of came true yeah but is it
1: like that they planted the seed and then she just kind of
0: offed all her children by accident
1: (laughs) no no i don't know never mind hmm never well i was getting to some woo woo stuff but (laughs) i'll hold it back
0: (laughs) (laughs) well her fears were Um, fueled by a warning she had received but by by the warning that she had received from the fortune teller right yeah okay Giuseppe was her favorite child, Aww. and she was very protective of him. Well,
1: also, you shouldn't have favorites. Let's just put that out well, right now.
0: He was her favorite. I mean, you
1: can only pick one pick <laughs> to protect one. that much.
0: I mean, really, yeah. <sighs>
1: Shit, she's lost so many.
0: <sighs> so when he told her that he was joining the Italian army in 1939 oh, in preparation for World War II, uh-oh. she... Mama's going
1: to say nope
0: was very upset yeah the fear went into the fear went into Leonardo's mind and only way out of it according to her was to sacrifice another human soul as it would
1: no take
0: her son's place in the afterlife killing no (laughs) killing others would keep her own children safe by providing god With other deaths in place of her children.
1: Okay, look. She's lost so much in her life. Like, I don't blame her for going a little, um, I don't know a nice way to say it. A little out of her mind. (laughs) Uh, but... Well, you think, like,
0: okay, she already, like, she believes in the fortunes, the fortune-telling and stuff, so she... It's not too far fetched that she would believe that she could. Listen, like, do some I think that's very
1: of... far fetched. Really? Yes, <laughs> yes, murder is always far fetched.
0: Hmm. No, no, no. But like th- the leap to like that you could save a soul by giving a soul. No.
1: What? No. <laughs> okay. I don't think.
0: I don't know. I think if you believe in like fortunes, you believe in souls, and you believe in like reincarnation and shit or something. I don't yes.
1: Know. But that there, I feel like there's just such a big leap between okay. <laughs> reincarnation and like murdering to ah. save others.
0: Well, potato, potato.
1: I guess in your world. <laughs> oh no!
0: Since she had four remaining children, she would need to sacrifice four, at least
1: four, yeah, to keep them safe. Yeah. Uh,
0: I found this blurb and thought that it was interesting. Clinical psychologists today believe that superstitions are born out of a fractured mind's attempt to make sense of the nonsensical.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's easy to see how Leonardo was struggling to make sense of a life that was tragic in many, many ways.
1: Yeah, I know, completely.
0: Yeah, she's trying to figure out how to break this curse.
1: Well, and, like, superstitions are just from, like, so much fear. Mm-hmm. Like, she's so afraid she's going to lose her children.
0: Yeah, because the fortune teller told her she was going to lose her children. Yeah. And it's coming and true she lost so far. So many.
1: Oh, God, this is awful. 13
0: kids she lost.
1: <sighs>
0: okay, so Leonardo. Oh. God, I keep saying Leonardo. I know, you do. My mouth cannot say Leonardo. Leonardo knew that the easiest victims would be down on their luck mm. middle aged women. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> huh. She. The first victim was. Uh, she killed her first victim when she was 42.
1: So, getting an early start. Getting an early start.
0: <laughs> Angela's weird mind. I don't know what
1: I was thinking. <laughs> you know, humans
0: live to 300. Look,
1: I'm <laughs> tired. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Her first uh. victim was a 50-year-old spinster named Faustina Seti.
1: A spinster?
0: The, all the articles said that. Of course. She's 50. She's never been married. She's a spinster. Okay. hmm Recruiting Leonardo as a fortune teller and matchmaker. Fustina paid her... Time
1: out. I wonder if she was a good matchmaker.
0: The jury's out. Do you
1: think they were... (laughs) Do you think back then they were going off of, like, what the parents wanted kind of a thing? So it's like parents would be like, oh, yeah, go see this matchmaker.
0: Uh, No, I think it was, like, I think either your parents had someone in mind Uh or... I don't know, it seemed more yeah. like this was a place that like women would go and, and talk to her and she would like read their fortune and then like predict who's the perfect oh, man for okay. them or whatever. Okay,
1: that would be fun. I want to be a matchmaker. <laughs> that would be so I fun. I
0: think, I'm sorry, but I don't think that you can do that anymore what, with all the apps.
1: Yeah, but I think I'd be more accurate than an app. You'd have Look, to... I am, like, a really good judge of character, <laughs> and I can see, like, who Look. would make good pairs.
0: You'd have to move to, like, a small town where you knew everyone. and then Well, could... no,
1: because then I'd be like, you guys should be together, and then they'll be like, uh, no, that's my cousin. And I'm like, <laughs> god okay. damn it, Not that small. You're so perfect for each other. <laughs> Not that small. A little bit bigger. Sorry, anyway, that's one of my dreams.
0: Well, Faustina paid her 30,000 lire,
1: Wow. To find a
0: suitable husband, but, asked, her, but, uh, when... Wait, wait. Yes.
1: Back up. She's hiring this woman to be a matchmaker, and she's trying to matchmake for this woman? No, no, no. This is someone else.
0: Faustina Sette Yeah. hired Leonardo yeah. as a fortune teller and matchmaker.
1: Oh. Oh, okay. Other way.
0: Yeah. Okay. Faustina paid her 30,000 lire kay. to find a suitable husband. Okay. Leonarda asked her, uh, told, like, eventually told her, okay, I found a perfect match for you, mm-hmm. but you can't tell anyone yet. Mm-hmm. What I want you to do is I want you to write letters to your family. Oh,
1: God.
0: And your relatives oh, and friends. Um, saying,
1: I'm not gonna, you're not gonna hear from me for a while. Basically saying, I moved
0: to this town. Uh-huh. I found someone that I want to marry. Uh-huh. Um, yeah,
1: don't meet the guy first. Just, like, go all balls to the wall all the way in. Well she found the perfect one. That's right. Trust your matchmaker, everyone. Yes.
0: So on the day of departure, Faustina was was to come to Leonardo's this is house so and then Leonardo sad. was to like tell her where she was going and then put her, get, get her on a train or something. This
1: is so sad. You know she was like so excited. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh God. Oh, God. oh. Um,
0: so Faustina came to visit Leonardo and Leonardo gave her some wine. Happened no, to be drugged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when she was nice and drugged, she killed her with an axe. Oh
1: God, that's so brutal.
0: And then she dragged the body into a closet.
1: That is so brutal.
0: <laughs> she cut the body parts body into nine. You want to
1: tell the story to our mother?
0: <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's a nice Italian mama who protects her children. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, God, she dismembered her.
0: Well, she co- I mean, she got to get her into small bits. No. And then she gathered all the blood into a basin. Ew. In order to make the disposal much faster and easier. How's
1: gathering blood faster? She said,
0: I threw the pieces into a pot. No. <laughs> added seven kilos of caustic soda, which I had uh-huh. bought to make soap. And stirred the whole oh. mixture up until the. This p- is
1: why I know this name. <laughs> I knew it. I, oh. Until
0: the pieces dissolved in a thick dark mush, and uh. I poured it into several buckets and emptied it in a nearby septic tank.
1: I can't believe I didn't think to do this one. <laughs> oh my god.
0: As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it had coagulated, dried it in an oven, uh. ground it, and mixed it with flour sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs. As well as a bit of margarine, kneading all the ingredients together, it made lots of crunchy tea cakes.
1: Look, that's like, that reminds me of the Matilda <laughs> part where the kid has to eat the chocolate cake, oh, and yeah. she's like, oh, it's made of like blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> oh, I don't remember
0: saying that. I just remember the kid eating the that's cake. That's why it
1: was so gross.
0: Oh, I just thought that's everyone... That's why I
1: thought it was gross. Oh, I thought it was
0: just because he had to eat all that cake, and it was like, oh, Why is that gross? That's like that's a like child's a si- dream to eat the so much cake.
1: That'd be like a dream. I, don't,
0: wow, I remember, we remember her, two different Yeah, things. we do. It was gross. I thought he was just gonna get an upset tummy from all that sugar.
1: No. We gotta watch that again. It is
0: a good movie.
1: That was a good movie, but just to make sure. It was.
0: I had that omway <laughs> song stuck in my head. <laughs> um, anyway, this
1: is like real life Matilda right now.
0: In no way other than they <laughs> they made cakes yeah, and someone the
1: blood. ate. <laughs> okay. Hold up. Do you think you could really cover that metallic taste with like, well,
0: they served them to the ladies <sighs> who would come to visit and she would sell that them in her shop is disgusting. And she said also her and Giuseppe ate them.
1: Also, they were just like a really big hit and everyone loved they them. They were good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Leonardo also reportedly took fasta's life savings of the money that she brought. Mm-hmm. She stole that, which was the um, 30,000 lire, which is equivalent to $320 today, apparently.
1: Her life savings? Yes. Oh,
0: shit. Which sounds like my life savings. I was gonna say,
1: (laughs) I was gonna say, that's not a lot, and then I was like, well, actually, in today's day and age, that's, like, a lot more than most people have, so that's actually really good. (laughs) Good for her.
0: Well, I mean, she's dead, so she doesn't get it
1: anymore. Oh, shit.
0: (laughs) Um... uh, Leonardo selected fellow villager Francesca Salvi uh, as her next victim.
1: Oh, Francesca. After telling Francesca
0: that she had found her a job at a school in Piacenza.
1: Oh, she's also a job finder? You know, she did it all. Wow. I think she
0: could, you know, tell a fortune, like, oh, you seem like you need a job. Uh Uh-huh. I know of a job for you. She's
1: life coaching.
0: She's a life coach.
1: She's like, I see in your future this job. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: after uh, Leonardo persuaded her once again to keep the job offer a secret. That's right. You know we want to make sure that it goes through. Let's not. You excite- don't curse not it. Get excited.
1: Let's not curse it.
0: No. And once again, she persuaded Francesca to write a series of letters and postcards that would be mailed on a later date, copying the murder of Faustina Setti. almost exactly. Oh God. Leonardo <laughs> drugged Francesca, dismembered the corpse with an axe on September fifth, nineteen forty. She also pocketed her life savings, which was only 3,000 lira this time. It's like, a few bucks? Yeah. Oh.
1: That's, she's taking advantage of these poor women. She's saving her
0: beautiful children's like, souls.
1: Literally poor.
0: Well, Leonardo's third and final victim was Virginia uh, Caciopo, a former soprano who said, was said to have sung at La Scala, who at 53 was out of work and desperate mm. for her. Leonardo claimed that she had found work as a secretary for a mysterious impresario in in Florence. I had to look up impresario. Oh,
1: sure. What is it? It's
0: basically a producer for like the theater. In the like ah. oldie times, before movies,
1: sounds like a good gig. If it was it real, way
0: fancier than producer. I would want to be called an impresario. Yeah,
1: you like impress people oh for your my god business. Kind of,
0: I guess. That's the whole. Point. Let's make yeah. up
1: business cards. Oh god, we, we can, can be both be impresarios or impress. I'll be an impresaria.
0: We're the impresari. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh. as with the other two women, she was instructed not to tell a single person where she was going.
1: Man, write letters.
0: Virginia agreed, and on September 30th, 1940, she came for a visit to Leonardo's house, and the pattern to the murder was the same as the first two. This time, however, instead of only making, only baking her body oh. into tea cakes and feeding them to her neighbors, oh. Leonardo also melted her flesh down and oh. turned it into soap. Speaking of soap (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of soap, try Humblebee herbals wonderful new scents. They do
1: not use any animal products, including humans. That's disgusting. Yeah. A lot of them are vegan, some are just vegetarian. Uh Uh-huh. They're really good
0: though. Really good soaps. Smell great. They don't have any of that fake scents that make you nauseous. Yeah,
1: good lather.
0: Good lather, good soap. That's all I clean, use.
1: Good deal.
0: WWW. Do we have to say that anymore? Humblebeherbal.com. <laughs> According to Leonardo's statement, she ended up in the pot. Wait. Like the-
1: did her son go to war?
0: Yeah, I think. He did? No. So like- no. Oh. It didn't say.
1: Okay. Not important. The I mean, reason it, why she started it is important murmuring?
0: but none these sources didn't really say. Okay,
1: they weren't. They didn't find it
0: important. I mean, I think during that time there was like a draft, so yeah. like he was enlisted. So yeah. I don't know, like if I mean, I'm sure he was in the army or whatever. I don't I know, know if he was out went outside of Italy or what. Okay. Um. She ended up in a pot like the others, but uh, like she the made other her two. into a lovely
1: soap. Her flesh
0: was no. W- was what fat. you
1: just want to say that word again?
0: Her flesh was fat Stop! and white it melted or when it had melted i added a bottle of cologne and after a long time on the boil i was able to make some of the most acceptable creamy soap Uh. i gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances the cakes too were better that woman was really sweet
1: stop it stop it oh my god what (laughs) Oh, I think she sold some of the soap at her store, too. We have a Fight Club and Matilda situation (laughs) on our hands.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Two
1: excellent books and movies.
0: Two excellent books and movies. From Virginia, Leonardo reportedly received uh, 50,000 lira, assorted jewels, and public bonds.
1: Not only was she way better for cakes and soaps, but she also left a lot more money behind. Oh,
0: yeah. She wished she had many more of Virginia's. Oh,
1: God! <laughs> Poor woman.
0: She even sold all the victims' clothing and shoes. Oh, God. With the disappearance of three of the three women, questions began to arise in the town. I bet
1: they did.
0: Virginia's sister-in-law was particularly worried and needed some answers to where she was. Yeah. When the sister-in-law asked around, she was told that Virginia was last spotted entering the house of Leonardo Cianculli.
1: See, that's not... That's not a good. That's not good. You that's gotta not be not more good. clever than that. Yeah. Right? Well, a you gotta. You know.
0: It's the problem when you have when you're killing people that have family or people that know that they're. Okay.
1: Let's I mean, not don't kill anyone. Yeah. Don't. No. Let's not. Okay. Back
0: to the story. <laughs> Authorities were involved. An investigation took place, and in no time, in no time, police arrested Leonardo Cianculli. Once in custody, she was quick to confess from the murders once
1: did she think she could like explain it away by being like well you need to understand i had to do it
0: so no she was quick to confess at first she was like i don't know what you're talking about and then they pulled her son in and they were like we're going to arrest giuseppe and charge him with the crimes because we think and then she was like no 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 not my son i did it i did it
1: yeah that's not gonna go Not my baby giuseppe yeah not the favorite
0: yeah um at her trial in Reggio Emilia. This so this, was, this was like in a newspaper or something back then. At the trial last week, they said... Her, so I guess she liked to write poetry?
1: Of course she did. Which you might
0: find in her memoirs.
1: I might find it, yeah. So
0: at her trial in Reggio Emilia... She's
1: just like the jack of all trades. Last
0: week, poetess Leonarda... <laughs> <laughs> Leonarda gripped the witness stand rail with... the yeah. Gripped the witness stand rail... With oddly delicate hands, and what? calmly set the prosecutor right on certain details. What
1: does that mean?
0: Like oddly... I just imagine, like little no, claws. Yeah, like
1: oddly resting. delicate.
0: They're like resting, but they look like they're for a murderess.
1: That's like I mean, strangely delicate hands. for someone who can wield an axe. <laughs> that's true.
0: <sighs> Said her deep seated, her deep set dark eyes gleamed with a wild inner pride as what? she concluded. I gave the copper ladle, which I used to skim the fat off the kettles, to my country, which was so badly in need of metal (laughs) during the days of the war.
1: Oh my god, isn't she a saint.
0: (laughs) She was found guilty of her crimes and was sentenced to 30 years in prison and three years in a criminal asylum. Just like was predicted. Dude,
1: those fortune tellers were amazing. (laughs) Wow.
0: Though her son, Giuseppe, had been arrested as well as a possible accomplice, he was later freed. She also described her reason for the murders, including her desire to help with her son with human sacrifice, like I said before. Right, right. right. Whether whether she truly believed that sh- what she said in court or was hoping to avoid prison through an insanity plea, the graphic details of her crime attracted a fair amount of public attention in the country. Still recovering from war... Yeah. While in prison, she wrote her memoirs. La confessione di una amareggiata. Confessions of a bitter soul.
1: Okay, because I had no idea. Well, what... I don't think my pronunciation... Yeah, you're like mashing how... some words together there for sure.
0: I think I was just starting <laughs> saying letters at one point. Well, I'm dyslexic too, so half the letters are just like transposing in front of my eyes. Like, okay. <laughs> As she would later insist... I did not kill for greed. She killed for the love of a babies.
1: I just feel like if you're saying, I don't know. I mean, it's like that thing. Like if you say it, I just kind of feel like now I'm thinking you did kill for greed. You know, <laughs> yeah. like before I didn't, yeah, but, but now I, now I do. Now that you said it, yeah, I kind of I wasn't
0: do. thinking that. I was. Now my my mind. I was isn't like yet. on
1: board with the sacrifices, <laughs> but now um, it's like ah.
0: Well, she didn't really make out with much.
1: She didn't. So that's why I didn't think. <laughs>
0: But, but no I'm not so sure. she was seventy nine years old, and in the final year of her sentence in the asylum. Oh wow, when she said that, you know, uh, Leonarda died of a cerebral cerebral apoplexy, also known as cerebral bleed
1: Oh. which is a
0: type of intracranial bleed that occurs within brain tissue or ventricles Ooh. the second most common cause of stroke. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, what does all that mean? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> her body was returned to her family for burial in the women's criminal asylum in Pozzoli on October fifteenth, nineteen seventy. A number of artifacts from the case, including the pot in which the victims no. were boiled are on display at the Criminological Museum in Rome.
1: No. And Did th- we go there? We should go there. No, but we
0: should. I
1: mean I don't like I don't really want to go back to Rome, but I would go for that. For that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, also, a darkly comic play about oh. Leonardo was written called "Love and Magic in Mama's Kitchen."
1: Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so amazing.
0: <laughs> was first produced by Lena Wertmüller at the Spatello Festival in 1978, and then the play had a run on Broadway in '83. Oh. oh. I really want to see that. Oh, Love and man. magic in Mama's kitchen. Oh, and I forgot to say all my sources, so that's I'll cite them now. Okay. I got all that information from Wikipedia, uh, All That's Interesting, Murderpedia, Ranker, Medium, Bugged Space, and <gasps> Durverdelly. Medium. Medium. <laughs> so, what do you think? Tossed salad or scrambled egg? The tossed salad and the scrambled egg.
1: The tossed salad scrambled egg.
0: The tossed salad. The
1: tossed salad.
0: And the scrambled egg.
1: A scrambled egg. So a tossed salad is someone who clearly knows right from wrong and chooses to do wrong anyway.
0: Right, so the tossed salad has more components. The person is able to compartmentalize. And a
1: scrambled egg is someone who can't tell right from wrong and they're just completely
0: scrambled. Just one component, one track mind. They're all kinds of mixed up. There's no focus. They're disorganized.
1: Uh, okay, well, I was kind of thinking she's a bit scrambled, but now the like greed thing <laughs> makes me think. You mm. know, I think she knew what she was doing,
0: mm. but I could just
1: like I could understand why you would crack after
0: thinking so that much you're so death. cursed. Yes, like every every time like something good happens, something bad happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and just knowing that your future will hold, like, incarceration you, Well, and you and hold death. all that,
0: like, your mom said yeah. that you basically you were cursed. And the fortune
1: tellers basically said yeah. that. And then, like, the and earthquake happens happening. early on, and then...
0: I mean, at that point, you think that, like, curses are real, yeah. so how do I defeat the curse? I don't know. To me, that goes into scrambled egg territory.
1: Although, the thing is, though, like, four of her children made it past childhood, so it's, like, clearly... But, you know, but we it was because things. she was like
0: overprotect, like she protected. So the by shit the adulthood,
1: out of she was like, I can't I cover think. anymore. I'm not
0: sure. I don't know. I don't know, but that is one mother who loved her children.
1: <sighs> oh man, a little too much. She couldn't let go, let them live their own lives. She well, had a murder she... for them.
0: Yeah, because they were gonna die.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know because we don't really know if she thought that she did wrong because in that like oh i didn't do it for greed i did it for my well, kids like obviously we
0: will know in episode 131 once when i you read, the memoirs. read the memoirs and do a full I, translation i mean
1: she's like an artistic soul and a, she's poetess, a poetess so
0: <laughs> might yeah. take a while to read yeah. Yeah. yeah do you think
1: it's like got poems in there
0: Ooh. it's got to right we've got to get this book yeah I wonder how hard it is to get
1: yeah, read the title again.
0: Um, it is called. Oh, you're really gonna do. <laughs> it is called Le, confe- Le Confessioni di unani- uh, de un'anima amareggiata. Okay. Amareggiata.
1: Okay, okay, everyone, let's get this book.
0: Confessions of a Bitter Soul
1: <laughs>
0: by Leonardo. Ciancoul. She she
1: called herself bitter.
0: Well, yeah, she had a bitter soul.
1: Hmm. Mm, death that shows was all little, around her. I just feel like that shows a little insight, oh. you know. Mm. Like maybe she's a little more with it than she's letting on. I mean, she wrote a fucking she memoir. She wrote a memoir. <laughs> 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 so tough. I'm going to say she's tough. Okay. Okay, so get ready for a real bummer of a story. Oh. My sources were The New Yorker, Um, Jennifer Gonerman wrote a few articles and she was like following the story as it was happening and interviewed the person involved and they're like really good, she did a really amazing job, way to go, journalist. And I got it from Wikipedia too and I didn't look anywhere else because by that point it was already like kind of long and I think that she got like all the bases. Okay. So this is the story of Khalif Browder. Khalif Browder lived in a two story brick house close to the Bronx Zoo. He was the youngest of seven children. He and the younger five kids had been adopted. His mother was also a foster mother to other kids, and by the time Khalif was brought into the family, his mother had raised 34 children. Wow. He was the smallest, so his mom called him Peanut. Oh. So cute. When he was little, he loved Pokemon, the WWE, Free Wednesdays at the Bronx Zoo mm-hmm. and mimicking his brother's workout routine. <laughs> and his brother said at six years old, he had an eight pack. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> when he was 10, his father moved out, but he still helped support the family. And for high school, Khalif went to New Day Academy, which is a small and progressive school. Mm-hmm. A former staff member said that he was a fun guy, the type of kid others wanted to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, He also said that he was very smart, and occasionally he'd grab a hall pass, sneak into a friend's classroom, and stay until the teacher caught on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fun. So just
1: mischievous in all, like, the right ways. Saturday, May 15th, 2010. Khalif Browder and a friend went to a party in the Bronx. It was 10 days before his 17th birthday. Mm -mm. So they go to this party have a, I don't know what kind of a time, and then they decided to walk home, and the party was in the Belmont area of the Bronx. If you live there, that means something to you. It means nothing to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They passed East 186th One eh, Hundred Eighty Sixth Street mm-hmm. and saw a police car coming towards them. Uh-oh. Then more police cars arrived, and That's it became that. clear that... That the police were there for them. What the fuck? He thought the police were carrying a routine stop and frisk, which is a mm-hmm. whole nother issue that we mm-hmm. won't get into, but it's, like, super fucked up. Um, and a police... Oh, okay, so he, like, he had undergone stop and frisk multiple times mm-hmm. on different occasions because he's, like, a black kid in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and clearly that was, like, a way to racially profile people and just like fuck up their lives.
0: Intimidate people. Yeah. Yeah. An officer
1: said that a man had reported that Khalif and his friend had robbed him. Khalif said, I didn't rob anybody. You can check my pockets.
0: Yeah.
1: So the officers did. They searched him and his friend. And of course, they found nothing Uh because the kids were just coming from a party. They didn't rob anyone. Then the officer went back to his car where the confirmed Oh, to confer with the guy who was accusing them of the robbery. And then they came back with a different story. Then the officer said that the man now claimed that they hadn't robbed him that night, but two weeks earlier. What the fuck? So naturally, they were arrested.
0: With zero evidence? Just, just so that guy was like, oh, saying... those
1: are the ones that robbed me. Oh, wait, they robbed me two weeks ago. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. He asked why he was being arrested, and an officer said, we're just going to take you to the precinct. Most likely you can go home. Khalif quietly asked his friend, are you sure you didn't do anything? And his friend insisted that he hadn't. They were both fingerprinted and locked into a holding cell at the 48th Precinct. After a few hours, they were taken to central booking at the Bronx County Criminal Court. Eight months before this incident, Khalif pled guilty to a charge of grand larceny. A friend of his took a delivery truck for a joyride and then crashed it. Khalif said that he had only watched it happen, but the judge offered him probation if he pled guilty, and a youth, as a youthful offender, he wouldn't have a criminal record.
0: Great. Get him into the system early.
1: Yes. <laughs> so, obviously, he felt like he didn't have a defense because the officer was like, I saw, he was like, in, he took the truck.
0: Uh-huh. So, what are
1: you going to do? Like, go against a police officer when you're like 16 years old and... And, and black, expect and the court ir- is going to be yeah, like, oh, nope. yeah, we'll take your word over his. So obviously he, like, accepted the deal. He was, like, basically blackmailed into taking it. You yep. know, it's like either you get grand larceny and you get years in prison or you take this deal and we'll just give you probation, even though you didn't even commit any crimes. Fuck. Anyway. Um, so shitty either way. Mm hmm. So, 17 hours after he was taken from his walk home, he was interrogated, and he kept saying that he was innocent. That he didn't do anything.
0: Oh, God, that must be so scary. To oh, like,
1: this is going to get so much Oh, my
0: God. Like, no, you didn't do anything, yes. and then they're like, nope, you did something. We're yes. going to figure out what you did, and we're going to book you for it. Yes. Blech. Like,
1: oh, it's your word against this, like, other random person.
0: Disgusting.
1: And they're, like, walking home, like, really late at night. It's dark outside. You really think this person, like, driving by in a car could recognize people from two weeks earlier and be like, yeah, they're the one, you know? Oh. Like, and the police, like, Okay. The next day, he was led into a courtroom where he learned that he had been charged with robbery, grand larceny, and assault.
0: What? Assault
1: now? Uh-huh. What the fuck? The judge released his friend, permitting him to remain free while the case moved through the courts. Why? Because it was like his first offense, I guess. But because Browder was on probation. Oh, fuck. The judge ordered him to be held and set Mm -hmm. bail at $3,000. Oh, so, I read recently that like other countries don't do
0: bail yeah. and they
1: see bail as like extortion, basically, it is, which it is. Because if
0: you have money, you can walk yeah. out, but if you don't, you're it stuck is. here.
1: And then they're like, oh, well, what will make you go to jail? Like, what will make you go to your court date? And it's like, to clear my name. So, that it's not on the record. Like, obviously, I'm going to show up. Oh, it's such bullshit. Uh-huh. So, here's a 16 year old kid. He is bail is set at $3,000. He can't afford it. His family can't afford it. Mm -hmm. So he was sent to Rikers Island.
0: Oh, my God. He's 16? Yes. He's being tried as an adult?
1: Well, for robbery, larceny, and uh, assault.
0: Shit. Well, no,
1: not as an adult. So Rikers actually has 10 different jails. Oh. It's a 400-acre island. Oh, my God. They have ten jails, eight for men, one for women, and one is, like, falling apart, so it's not used, hmm. which I didn't know it was, like...
0: I didn't know it was so big. Yeah,
1: it's, like, a huge complex where wow. they just had, like, a bunch of people incarcerated. Lots Fuck. of fun. Fuck. Khalif was sent to Robert N. Davron Center for Boys, who are 16 to 18 years old. Okay. It's notorious for being a violent place.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: Both among prisoners and the officers also attack the prisoners. Uh-huh. A report was done by the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York where they found the following inmate injuries. And remember, these are kids from 16 to 18 years old. Mm -hmm. They found broken jaws, broken orbital bones, broken noses, long bone fractures, and lacerations requiring stitches. They're
0: beating the fuck out of them. Yes. And and because if that's like what all Rikers Island is, it's the guards against the prisoners yeah. so they can do whatever they want because yeah. who's going to say yeah. who's going to see. Yeah. Ugh. Also
1: prisoners against It's just like. It's disgusting. It's horrible. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Terrifying for this uh, for anyone. Khalif was assigned a public defender uh-huh. and the case was pretty straightforward. The Bronx criminal courts however are so backlogged that the Times reported that they are crippled because of how overwhelmed they are. There are not enough judges or court staff. In 2010, Khalif's case was just one of 5,695 felonies being prosecuted.
0: Oh, my God. This doesn't even
1: include how long cases can actually take to complete.
0: And you're just sitting there.
1: So like, in one year, Jesus Christ. they have to prosecute over 5,000 felonies. And you know how courts go, it's like half day here, like, oh, we'll get to it later there, oh, we're going to take like a two week break for summer, what, you know, yeah, like well, they're like never in it, session. Where well, you're
0: just sitting in a cage, not even declared guilty yet. Where
1: well, you're terrified for your life. Yeah. So. But, but like
0: also, you know, you, you haven't even been charged. You're just no. sitting there waiting yeah. for your trial.
1: Yeah, waiting for your so date. even if
0: you're 100% innocent yes. like this guy. Yep. You're like, you're a target for any of those people that have already been charged. Yeah.
1: Yeah, or the other ones who are just waiting. Yeah. Or the officer, or the officers or whatever they're called. In RNDC, which is where he was, he was assigned to an open room that he would share with about 50 other boys.
0: Oh, my God.
1: They each got a plastic bucket to store their possessions. Fun. And they were responsible for washing their own clothes in a bucket with jail soap. Ew. Then he had to dry his clothes on the rails of his bed. Speaking
0: of soap,
1: <laughs> not the time. Uh. <laughs> then he had to dry his clothes on the rail of his bed, where they would get rust stains. Obviously, like Ugh. what the fuck. So he also didn't really relate to the other kids because he said they only wanted to talk about crimes yeah, or like he's
0: like a good kid. Yeah, and they're like he goes to like oh.
1: a private school. He's like a really well-behaved kid. Like. Oh, he has, like, nothing in common with these people. Um, They only want to talk about the crimes they committed and the girls that they had slept with. Mm. And early on, he knew that things were going to be really difficult there, and it was going to be, like, really hard to survive in this prison. His mother visited him every weekend. They would exchange his dirty laundry, and she would bring it back cleaned, which Mm. is so sweet. She would put money in his commissary for him and so he could like buy snacks and supplement the little food that they got there this made him a target though of course because he had stuff Mm -hmm. so he would sleep like in his bed and he'd put his head over his bucket like he'd lean his head outside of his bed and put it on his bucket to protect his stuff while he slept oh my
0: god how
1: stressful is that
0: I bet he never. Slept. I bet he never had a good night's sleep. He never no. like, actually slept. No,
1: you're in a room where like 50 other kids could I'm come and like take for you your stuff. Yep. Oh god.
0: It's fucked up.
1: So this is just like so sad. Okay, so he decided that he'd better keep to himself and work out in order to survive. The shared areas were controlled by gangs and their leaders who dictated everything in the day room. They decided who got to sit on the chairs, who had to sit on the floor, what they were going to watch on TV. And when Khalif refused to sit on the floor, five to six guys would come to intimidate him and he would fight back. Mm -hmm. He had no escape, no protection, and a suspicion that some of the guards had an agreement with the gang members. So they would just, like, let them beat the shit out of him. Uh Khalif says shortly after he got there, the guards lined him up with some other inmates and accused them of starting a fight. Then they went down the line and punched the kids. Oh, my God. Even if they had been involved, which Khalif wasn't, there was no reason to punch a bunch of kids. No. Like, you're an adult. What the fuck are you doing? Once again,
0: keep your hands to yourself. Yes.
1: They beat up the kids until their faces were bleeding and swollen. Oh, my God. Afterward, the officers gave the teens a choice. They said, you can go to the medical clinic, or you can go back to bed. But they made it clear that if the inmates went to the clinic and told the medical staff what had happened, they would write up charges against them and get them sent to solitary confinement.
0: Fuck. But also, I don't know, at that point I might want to go to solitary confinement. Wait.
1: Just wait. Oh, God. Just wait. Okay. So, Khalif said... I just told them I'll act like nothing happened. So they didn't send us to the clinic. They didn't write up anything. They just sent us back. The U.S. attorney's report did verify that there were instances where guards pressured inmates not to report beatings. Mm -hmm. So this is all backed up. Like, everything he's saying is completely backed up. Shortly after he got to Rikers, Khalif got into a scuffle. He said another inmate was throwing shoes at people. He said, I told them to stop. I actually took his sneaker and threw it, and he got mad. He swung on me, and we started fighting. Oh, man. That incident got Khalif two weeks in solitary. A teenage kid gets solitary confinement because someone's throwing shoes, and he throws a shoe back and tells him to stop.
0: Yeah, well, it's fucked up. It's like, it's like you have the kids that are in gangs around you, and then you have the guards that are a gang, yep. and yeah. like, you have no one that you can ask for help.
1: Yes. And solitary confinement has been proven to be inhumane yep. for adults. Yep. And you put this kid... Oh. So in solitary, he was placed in a 12-foot by 7-foot cell. A prisoner in solitary doesn't leave his cell except to go to the rec room, the shower, the visit room, the medical clinic, or court. Whenever he does leave, he is handcuffed and strip-searched. Mm. Khalif was allowed one six-minute call a day while in solitary. Instead of going to a classroom to study for the GED, he had cell study, which is where a correction officer would slide worksheets under the door in the morning and collect them in a few days, and eventually return them with the teacher's marks. He was diligent, and he, like, really wanted to get his GED. He was like, I'm in here. I've got to, like, at least complete school. I've got to do something. So sometimes yeah. no one would come and pick up his work, even though it was due. So he would like look out his little slot, and then if he saw a captain walk by, he would yell, "Where's the school correction officer to pick up the work?"
0: Hmm.
1: He was like, so "He's trying to be like responsible with kid. his time." He's just such a good kid. On July twenty, 20- this is like such a nightmare.
0: Yeah, and it happens way too often.
1: Yes. <laughs> On July 28th, 2010, 74 days, 74 days since he was arrested, Khalif went in front of a judge at the Bronx County Hall of Justice. His 17th birthday and the end of sophomore year had passed. He was waiting in a violent prison to be tried for a crime he didn't even commit. Mm -hmm. Like, landmarks are passing by him as he's waiting in this prison. A grand jury had voted to indict Khalif on what? I don't fucking know. The criminal complaint alleged that he and his friend had robbed a Mexican immigrant named Roberto Bautista. He said that they pushed him and they pushed him against a fence and took his backpack. Bautista told police that his backpack contained a credit card, a debit card, a digital camera, an iPod touch and several hundred dollars. Oh, seven hundred dollars. Sorry. Khalif was also accused of punching Bautista in the face. Khalif pled not guilty, and he was sent back to Rikers. Well, mm-hmm. So
0: they have, like, zero evidence. It's just this dude's t- saying that this happened.
1: Yes. He was remanded without bail this time because he had violated his probation by getting charged with a violent felony. So even if they could have come up so with, like... So he's just
0: getting charged, even though yeah. he's innocent, just yeah. someone saying, like, the police being like, oh, well, you're charged. He that is a violation? Bail. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's fucked up.
1: Yes. So, in order for a trial to start in New York, both the defense attorney and the prosecutor have to declare that they are ready. This is supposed to happen by six months. Sorry, six months at the latest in New York. They have like a six month rule because we have that, like, you know, you're right to your quick and mm-hmm. speedy trial. Right. So, New York is like, well, six months is like quick and speedy, speedy which I'm enough. like, bullshit, that's not, but yeah. whatever. However, there are lots of things that can delay this, and they stop the clock with each delay.
0: And then restart it?
1: Yes. So really, it can go so much longer than six months. Not long after Cleef was indicted, an assistant district attorney sent the court a notice of readiness stating that the people are ready for trial. His defense attorney was going to claim that Bautista had ID'd the wrong guy, which obviously he did.
0: There's zero evidence. (laughs) Yes.
1: The case was put on the calendar for a possible trial date on December 10th, but the trial did not start that day. (laughs) So, like, that's why the defense attorney was like, this is super straightforward. It's nighttime. This guy said it happened, like... One day, and then he changed his mind and said it happened like two weeks
0: earlier. And then he said, that and he then was apparently assaulted? he like
1: remembered these kids from like two weeks ago, and like I would them at night, and yeah, I But it went know. from
0: like oh he like robbed, robbed me. me to like oh right th- when you uh,
1: see if you were punched in the face, like you'd see bruises or something, yeah, but right? It happened two weeks ago, and now yeah. I'm just reporting it. Yeah, it's bullshit. Uh
0: mm-hmm. huh.
1: So near the end of 2010, Khalif returned to solitary confinement, Ugh. where he stayed for about ten. Months.
0: Oh my God!
1: Through the summer of two thousand eleven, he was sent there initially after another fight. But once an inmate is in solitary, further minor infractions can extend his stay. Uh, So this kid is in an inhumane situation for adults, and he's a kid, and he's there for ten months, just going crazy. And he's
0: and he's put in situations where, like the shoe incident, where it's like. Didn't start anything, didn't nope. hurt anyone, but nope. like threw a shoe and now tried is to get someone
1: else to stop. And I'm
0: sure that like wrote, he got written up for that infraction or whatever. Yeah. Whatever they, we got solitary
1: him. and yeah. then once, and then another little scuffle, who knows what happened. But even if it was like a fight, who cares? Like don't put him in solitary. And then any other little thing that they deem is like, oh, well, he must have done this. So then we're just going to extend it for 10 months. On January 28th, 2011 two hundred and fifty eight days after he had been arrested oh my god khalif was brought to court only for the prosecution to say that they weren't ready for the trial oh my
0: at that point be like fuck
1: you prosecution if you're not ready now you're never going to be yeah, ready don't have you don't have evidence let him fucking go drop the case like yeah. why are you still trying to ugh. so the judge said they'd meet again in six weeks
0: oh my god
1: but that didn't happen either June 23rd, 2011, the people said they're not ready. They request a week.
0: I don't understand. Women accuse people, or people accuse people of rape and molestation or whatever, and those people can just walk free and it doesn't matter, yeah. and then if they do get charged, it's like a slap on the wrist. This kid did nothing and is yeah. sitting in, in jail for almost an entire year, and he's yeah. like done nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like, I'm sorry, but a punch to the face and stealing your backpack is way less like it's not worth that it's not not worth 10 months
1: in solitary it's not worth like no it's not worth it so august 24th 2011 the people say they're not ready they request another day November 4th, 2011, the people say they're not ready. Prosecutor on trial requests two weeks. <sighs> on December 2nd, 2011, the prosecutor on trial requests January 3rd.
0: Oh my fucking god. So for the god. prosecution. What about
1: his stupid speedy trial. Right. And for the prosecution to just be like, oh, we're not ready yet. We got to push it back. Oh, I'm on another trial. We got to push it back. It's like, then fucking drop it. Like, then drop let him it. Out what are you and doing? Tell him what his
0: court date is. Don't yep. fucking put him in here.
1: Every time a prosecutor stood before the judge in Khalif's case, and requested a one-week adjournment and got six weeks instead. This is only counted as one week against the six-month deadline.
0: What in the fuck? Bullshit. They need to wrap up that loophole.
1: Bullshit. Well, the system is so over- overrun. Mm-hmm. But it's like, mm-hmm. then offer him bail. Yes. Then drop the case. Then don't go after people who, like, well, clearly didn't do wasn't it. was
0: he offered bail, but you couldn't afford it? So well, like,
1: initially he was, but then he went back the next day. Oh. And they're like, oh, you're on probation, actually? You don't even you get, get bail. Okay. So, bullshit. At one point when he was in solitary, Khalif said, I had words with a correction officer and he told me he wanted to fight. What? That was his way of handling it. He would already seen the officer challenge other inmates to fights in the shower where what? there are no surveillance cameras.
0: And they're naked and he has clothes and shoes on?
1: Well, they're not necessarily naked, but he, he's like, oh, you want to fight? And he oh, challenges them and then takes them, to, take the them shower, to the shower actually. where there are no cameras. Yeah. So Khalif said... I agreed to it. I said, I'll fight you. The next day, the officer came to escort him to the shower, but before they even got there, he said the officer knocked him down. (sighs) He put his forearm on my face, and my face was on the floor, and he just started punching me in the leg. Khalif isn't the first inmate to make such allegations. So, basically, you're not safe from the people who are there to, like, supposed to be protecting
0: you. Oh, yeah, no. Because those correct those officers are probably getting paid shit and they probably hate their lives and they're, and they're
1: starting fights they're, with teenage a kids gang. yes they're a, they're a fucking Such
0: gang bullshit punishing these kids they get i mean who signs up for those jobs
1: <laughs> in solitary food arrived through a slot in the cell door three times a day for a growing teenager the portions were never big enough and in solitary Khalif couldn't supplement his rations with snacks that he bought at commissary He took to begging the officers for leftovers. He'd say, can I get that bread? Sometimes they'd slip him an extra slice or two. Often they refused. Mm. Khalif got out of solitary in the fall of 2011, but by the end of the year, he was back for yet another fight.
0: Oh my God.
1: On the night of February 8th, 2012, his 634th day on Rikers.
0: Oh my
1: God. He said to himself, I can't take it anymore. I give up. That night, he tore his bed sheet into strips, tied them together to make a noose, attached it to the light fixture, and tried to hang himself.
0: Oh, fuck.
1: He was taken to the clinic, then returned to solitary.
0: Yeah, at that point, you feel pretty hopeless. Yes. No one's listening to you. You didn't yes. do anything, and now you're being punished.
1: Yes, and you're in solitary, like, all the fucking time where you're starving just to death. like an animal. And you're just beat up all the time for nothing. Yeah. Um, so... So Browder, so the woman who, like, wrote all these articles said, Browder told me that his sheets, magazines, and clothes were removed, everything except his white plastic bucket. So now he's in a cell with absolutely nothing. Why'd they take his shit away? Because he tried to kill himself because he's so fucking miserable and solitary and going out of his mind, so it's like, oh, we know how to solve this. We'll just take everything away.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's good for your mental health.
1: (laughs) On February 17th, he was brought to court again. This time, the prosecutor had another excuse as to why they needed to to delay his trial. The prosecutor said, Your Honor, the assigned assistant is currently on vacation.
0: (gasps) What a fucking asshole.
1: The prosecutor asked for a five-day adjournment. Khalif's lawyer requested March 16th, and the judge scheduled the next court date for then. Some of the other various excuses about why his trial had been delayed were... The prosecutor assigned to the case was on trial elsewhere. He was on jury duty. Or, he once told the judge he had conflicts in his schedule.
0: Oh, that's fine. You're just making hella money while this poor kid, like, rots in this cell and is... Oh, my God. Well, he's busy. He's on vacation. He's busy.
1: The following night, in his solitary cell on Riker's, Khalif shattered his plastic bucket by stomping on it, then picked oh, up a piece, geez. sharpened it, and began sawing his wrists. Oh, my God. He was stopped after an officer saw him through the cell window and intervened. Khalif was still on Rikers Island on June, in June of 2012 when his high school classmates collected their diplomas. And in September, when some of them enrolled in college, and in the fall, prosecutors offered him a new deal. If he pleaded guilty, oh
0: my God. he'd
1: get two and a half years in prison, What? which meant that was with time served, he could go home soon. He refused.
0: <sighs> yes. He knew he, he wasn't guilty. Anything.
1: And so he wouldn't take the plea. Yeah. And when he got back after that court date, like everyone else in prison, like all the other kids were like, oh, you're so dumb. Like you should have taken it. And he's like, no, you I didn't my do it. Like, I didn't do
0: anything. Also, I didn't do it. Yeah. Like, no
1: way. So this is how 2012 went for Khalif. Oh, God. June 29th, 2012, the people are not ready, request one week.
0: Oh my god. September
1: 28th, 2012, people not ready, request two weeks. November 2nd, 2012, people not ready, request one week.
0: The people need to get their shit together.
1: December 14th, 2012, people not ready, request one week.
0: Oh my fuck.
1: By the end of two thousand twelve, Khalif spent nine hundred and sixty one days in jail, Ugh. and had been in front of eight different judges. They just
0: wanted him to to plead guilty.
1: Well, they're so backlogged. They're doing like they're they're doing other work. They don't fucking care that he's rotting in jail for something he didn't even do. Like they don't give a fuck. Yeah. And all this time is like, oh, we're not ready? Then fucking let him go. Like, you're not yeah. going to make a case three years later. He's,
0: yeah, he's been in prison for three years. So and if all anything, you have
1: is one person who's like, he's, that's the guy who did it,
0: that's not enough evidence. And that's like, way more time than he's going to serve anyway for just, like, a petty, like, robbery Regardless, whatever, their case but, is so flimsy. They're yep. not
1: finding any more evidence. Let him go.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So, on March 13th, 2013... Khalif appeared before a new judge. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Patricia M. Domingo. Domingo? She was brought over to review cases and clear them by getting weak cases dismissed, extracting guilty pleas from defendants, or referring cases to trial in another courtroom. So because they're so backlogged, they brought her in. Okay. At the start of 2013, there were 952 felony cases in the Bronx, including Khalif's. (sighs) That were more than two years old. Oh, my God. 952 inmates waiting for over two years to get their day in court. Not even
0: charged with a crime sitting in prison. Just waiting
1: to get their day in court. (sighs) In the next 12 months, DeMongo disposed of 1,000 cases, some as old as five years. Oh,
0: my God.
1: So if this one woman can do it on her own, why aren't they doing that? Why aren't they all just being like, okay, weak case, dismissed. Like
0: Because they make money with the people more people that are in prison. It's just such bullshit. It's a total scam.
1: So Judge Demongo explained to Khalif, if you go to trial and lose, you could get up to 15. Then she offered him a deal. Plead guilty to two misdemeanors, the equivalent of 16 months in jail, and go home now on the time already served. If you want that, I'll do that today. Demongo said i could sentence you today it's up to you to khalif oh to that he said i'm all right i did not do it i'm all right
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're all right Demongo said yes he said i want to go to trial yeah because there's do it, nothing. There's no evidence on may 29th the 31st court date he's been to court 31 times at this point, every time over the like, course oh. of a few years. So
0: he shows up, and they're mm-hmm. like, the defense isn't coming, or the, the prosecution isn't coming. You can go home.
1: Or they go, and <laughs> the prosecution's like, we're depression. not ready, we need one more week. And the judge's like, okay, cool.
0: But he has to, like, get out of court, or get out of jail, yeah. go to get the court, searched, get strip go searched, court. go to court, yeah. come back.
1: So, DeMongo peered down from the bench. The district attorney is really in a position right now where they cannot proceed, she said. It is their intention to dismiss the case. She explained that this could not officially happen until the next court date, which ended up being a week later. I will release you today, but you have to come back here on time without any new cases, she said. Do you think you can do that, Mr. Browder?
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yes, he said. Okay. Bautista, the man who had accused Khalif, had gone back to Mexico. The district attorney's office had reached his brother in the Bronx and tried to arrange for him to return and testify,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: then the office lost contact with the brother, too.
0: Oh, my God. Wait, were they, like, stalling this whole time because they were trying to find the dude?
1: I I mean, part of it, I think.
0: Oh, so, without geez. the
1: complainant, we are unable to meet our burden of proof at trial, the prosecutor wrote, which I feel like with him, you're unable to meet the yeah, burden. Like yeah, there is no proof. One eyewitness is not enough. No. You need evidence. Okay. He spent one more night in Rikers. He had just turned 20.
0: Oh, my God. Four years.
1: He was released the next day. He... So his mom was like, oh, when can I come get you? And he's like, I don't know. I'll be released. Uh-huh. So I'll, go, I'll get home by myself. So he took the bus to Queens Plaza, then two subways to the Bronx, and his euphoria began to dissipate. Being around so many people felt strange. Except for a few weeks, he had been in solitary confinement oh, for the previous 17 months. Oh,
0: my God.
1: So, what a way to, like, break a, break a child. Yep. Break any human being. Yep. He moved back home with his mother and his two brothers. They all noticed that he had really changed. Yeah. All the things he used to enjoy didn't bring him joy anymore. He now preferred to be alone in his room. His old friends had passed him by with jobs and apartments and lives of their own mm-hmm. and he had just been stuck, like in suspended animation for four years of his life.
0: While well, people could like while well, people kept being like, We need more time.
1: When he didn't do anything. Oh
0: my god. Even
1: if he had done anything, that's like cruel and unusual punishment. Like that's uh-huh. not okay. Uh-huh. So, actually, his brother said... Like, initially, his brother said the same thing, where I was like, oh, why don't you just get solitary? And then he saw the effect that solitary had on him, and he was like, oh, shit. Mm. Solitary is worse. Yeah. Like, it's all bad, but solitary will, like, break you down. So, one day in November, six months after his release, Khalif retreated to his bedroom with a steak knife, intending to slit his wrist.
0: Oh, no.
1: A friend happened to stop by, saw the knife, and grabbed it. When he left the house to find Khalif's mother... Khalif tried to hang himself from a banister. Mm. An ambulance rushed him to St. Barnabas Hospital, where he was admitted to a psychiatric ward. In his medical records, a social worker described the suicide attempts as serious. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've attempted suicide at least once, chances are you're going to do it again. And Mm -hmm. he's just, like, in a state of mental turmoil and just so much pain and...
0: Confusion. Just this poor
1: kid. And and he's just, like, PTSD to the extreme. Yeah,
0: And also, like, I don't know, I would be in the position where... Because they were like, well, if you get out, can you, like, be not doing, you know, criminal activities? And it's like, Mm -hmm. he wasn't even doing criminal activities to begin with. So they already think, like, they're already planting shit, so I would be afraid to leave my room, too. Because I would think the moment I left my house... I would get arrested and accused of something else.
1: Yeah, basically, you're walking home from a party, and then all of a sudden, you're in prison for three years, that just because you walked home from a party, mm-hmm. and you happen to, like, run into police. Like, yeah. t- every time you see a police car go by... Yeah. Terrifying. I would be terrified as
0: fuck to leave terrifying. my mom's house. I would literally stay in my room.
1: Or, like, talk to anyone, or... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can't trust anyone. The-
1: so... Yeah. After he left Rikers, he sat through a GED prep classes. He signed up for a computer course, he searched for a job and attended weekly counseling sessions. Mm. And he passed his GED on the first try, wow. which did bring him a little bit of like accomplishment, yeah. but like But he
0: still feels like he's so far behind. All of
1: his friends had graduated. All of his friends had like jobs and partners and like they had and lives. And they the lived dog. those last 3 years that he didn't even get. And then what? He gets his GED and then and then he's like Scared,
0: yeah. because he has like
1: PTSD. Like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, I would definitely you would become a recluse. Like, you wouldn't want to leave your home. I Any, mean, you, you just to think anyone's going to accuse you of anything. Yeah, you couldn't leave. And your then home. you know, like, even if you're wrongfully accused, there is no justice. You don't get to just be like, well, I didn't do it, and go home. Right. You get to tell yeah. the truth, and then people are like, well, too bad. You have to sit and rot for three, four years yeah. until we decide you can go.
1: Well, and they said when he came home, he was, like, so gaunt and just, like, they basically starved him.
0: Well, yeah. They the starved him and they... Food there's not uh, it's nutritious not, no, at all. and it wasn't
1: enough, and it's just, like, yeah. it's just awful. So he got a job as a security guard, which is obviously not his dream job, mm-hmm. but it was, like, okay while well, he was looking for other things. And by coincidence, one of the places he was sent to be a security guard was St. Barnabas, the hospital. Hmm. On his second day there, he overheard some employees talking about him. Somebody seemed to have figured out that he had been in the psychiatric ward. And soon after, with a vague explanation, he was fired.
0: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Although, but wouldn't they have, like, I don't understand. I don't know. (sighs) I don't know. You can't just fire someone because they've, like, attempted suicide. Like, A job might help him on the path to recovery. Like, what are you doing?
0: But also, that's, like, medical privilege. Like, HIPAA? Yeah. Violation? Why would they know that? And then also, that seems, well, I mean, it's not like they follow the rules anyway. No.
1: So sad. He, like, finally gets some semblance of, like, okay, I can, like, get on track. Maybe I can kind of catch up a little bit. I have my GED now. I have a job. Like, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, no, just kidding. Backtrack now.
0: We heard you had done this. It's like, okay. That's so unprofessional.
1: (laughs) In the meantime, his family reached out to a lawyer to sue New York.
0: Yes. They need to pay him a lot of money.
1: He said, people tell me because I have this case against the city, I'm all right. But I'm not all right. I'm messed up. I know that I might see some money from this case, but that's not going to help me mentally. No, I'm mentally scared right now. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel because there are certain things that changed about me, and they might not get back. It might not go back. Right. So yeah. So what? He gets some money. He's like, damaged. He's mentally damaged. He's paranoid. Well, well, I He's guess, scared. No, that,
0: no. Yeah. Definitely. But hopefully, if he got mo- if he gets some money from it, then that can pay for his mental health. You know, therapy and stuff because I'm assuming, like, he's not, doesn't that's have much money. Three,
1: but that's like three years of his life. Oh, I'm and not he's just saying. Like, oh,
0: I'm agreeing. I know, with you. but I mean, that's it's just horrible. Like, there's no getting that, that back. That should not have happened. It should never have happened. should not have happened. Yeah, there's no getting that back. It's fucked up.
1: So he had severe PTSD. He had flashbacks that would come frequently. He mm. had paranoia and delusions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He started taking classes at Bronx Community College, but then he stopped going. So he was, like, trying to get his life on track, and then, you know, his mental health would, like, he would have, like, too many flashbacks, or it was, like, really hard for him to get to class without being, like, terrified if he saw a police officer, like, yeah, just all kinds of... So, in December of 2014, he was confined to the psych ward at Harlem Hospital. One day after his release, he was hospitalized again, this time back at St. Barnabas. After two weeks at St. Barnabas, Khalif was released and sent back home. The next day, an anonymous donor offered to pay his tuition for the semester. Oh, wow. This happy news prompted Khalif to re-enroll. For the next few months, he seemed to thrive. Yeah. He rode his bicycle back and forth to school every day. He no longer got panic attacks sitting in a classroom, and he earned better grades than he had the previous semester. Okay. He seemed to be doing okay until his lawyer noticed some strange Facebook posts. Uh Uh-oh. He checked in, and Kalief said that he was okay, but later that week, he killed himself. Uh. While in jail, he had tried to kill himself about five times. Yeah. He learned how to hang himself while in Rikers. Mm. He saw another kid kill himself. Oh good. By hanging himself. Fuck. Like, with the bed sheets and all that. Yep. So, after he was caught trying to kill himself... Officers would beat him, as I guess is common protocol in rikers.
0: Oh, good. You think you you're sad now? Uh huh. What? Let's beat it. Oh my God.
1: Suicide attempts are sometimes referred to as manipulative gestures.
0: Because then they'll go, because then if they have a suicide attempt, then they have to go to, like, the nurse or whatever. Yeah, the they have medical, to deal with, the, the officers have, have to deal with it. Go, yeah, they have to, like, yeah. write reports, and then they have to, like, maybe take them to, like, a hospital or something. Yeah. And, and it's they... like,
1: why did you try to kill yourself? Oh, because you're being beaten up by guards, and your life was, like, so violent and scary. Yep. At times, officers would view them, suicide attempts, as efforts by inmates to escape from solitary confinement by faking the symptoms of a serious mental illness so they are so fucked in the head that they think a person trying to kill themselves is just to get out of solitary then let them out of solitary Mm -hmm. like if they're trying to kill themselves let them out of solitary the fuck is wrong with you they shouldn't be in there in the first place solitary should not exist it should like it's been proven time and time again to be cruel and unusual punishment it's so detrimental to health like Mm -hmm. it's like infuriating what's happening
0: it's disgusting poor guy
1: this poor kid Khalif thought differently about why suicidal inmates might anger an officer. He said, they don't want to do extra work. Exactly. And once they cut me down, they're going to have to do paperwork. hmm Which this kid was, like, so insightful and smart. On June 6th, 2015, he tore his bed sheets into strips, and at about 12.15 p.m., he went into another bedroom, pulled out the air conditioner, and pushed himself through a hole in the wall. Oh my God. feet first, with the sheet wrapped around his neck. His mother was the only person home at the time. After she heard a loud thumping noise, she went upstairs to investigate, but she couldn't find out what had happened. It wasn't until she went outside to the backyard and looked up that she realized that her youngest child had hanged himself. He was 22 years old. Fuck. This kid who had so much promise... It
0: was ruined because he's Because he walked down ass- the street. Fucking wad cops.
1: Because he went to a party and walked home. <laughs> yep. In January of 2019, New York City settled a civil lawsuit with the Browder family for $3.3 million. <sighs> which oh, is not thanks. enough.
0: Thanks for the money after you basically killed my child.
1: They lost their, like, brother. They lost their son. They lost their nephew. They lost, like, this this person with so much potential at 22 years old because they just destroyed his
0: life i I just
1: so this like they've done so many reports on rikers island on um officers like being abusive to inmates about how backlogged the system is that people like their six months is actually like years new york said like in the lawsuit that this was like an unusual case and it was like shocking that it went for so long but really like these cases go on forever they just go on and on and on and people like the inmates have no recourse they have yeah. n- they have no option and then they were like oh maybe his defense attorney like didn't file a speedy trial motion or whatever but like
0: shouldn't all he of them said, you, like how yeah, do you have to file that shouldn't first all of all of them yeah speedy
1: trials but then but then the defense attorney said that that he had filed it and the prosecution, like, it wouldn't have mattered regardless because the prosecution is just like, oh, we're out of town. Oh, we're I'm on another busy. case. Oh, my assistant's out of town. Okay.
0: Oh. oh, I have to go to my child's soccer game. Oh, it conflicts game. with my schedule. Oh. It's
1: like, that's your fucking job. Oh, I have to go to
0: yoga. Oh. So
1: this, his case is not as unique as you would hope.
0: Unfortunately, yeah, that's it's commonplace. It's so, up I'm gangs gonna say. Police and. The tossed salad. And the scrambled egg.
1: A tossed salad. A scrambled egg? New York City criminal justice system is a tossed fucking salad, and they don't give a
0: shit about anybody. Uh, I'm gonna say. All of America's criminal justice system yep. is a tossed fucking salad and they don't give a shit about anybody. It's not about justice, it's about it's money. It's about money. I it's, know. Everything is about money. Why do you think that they're like reopening all the states and shit? The coronavirus is still here. People are still dying at record numbers and yet they need money in the economy.
1: So I just wanna say and during these times, like we have to be cognizant that that there are people sitting in jail and in prison. For no reason. Who haven't even been tried. They have no reason to be sitting there.
0: And, and, or people with, like,
1: minor offenses that, this like... this is
0: recent. Yeah. This is recent. Yeah. Like, people, like... This poor kid. I, oh, so fucked up. It makes me so mad. Yeah, I, I think... know, I was so I think so the depressed. whole justice system is a toss salad. I think the whole thing needs to be shut down and reconfigured, and that I think police and all the fucking, you know, guards and... Sheriffs that, and CHP and, and the Highway Patrol and all that stuff—they're yeah. corrupt as fuck. They care nothing about us. They care about money, and that's it.
1: So you, if you want to know more about this, definitely go read the New Yorker articles. They were like really well written, and I think I think there is a documentary that someone, someone famous made a documentary about this, and and okay, so like um. When he was still alive and out of prison, he like, I think he like met Oprah and went on like the Oprah show. Like he met a lot of famous people and had like, I think it was Oprah. I don't remember. But he had like pictures on his wall of him meeting famous people. But it's like that doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter that he met these people. Like he, he was so mentally messed up yeah. by these years. Like well, especially at that so, age, yeah, when your oh, brain Oh yeah, you is... can like bring him and give him attention, but it's like fix the system. Yeah. Yeah. Fix the system.
0: Like, because that's, like, the prime time when your brain is growing and developing and you're figuring things out and...
1: Okay, so, that was a super bummer.
0: Bummer. And... Well, I'm glad you did it because it needs attention, obviously, but it's still
1: happening. Yeah, I think it needs very lots of attention very
0: lots of attention
1: <laughs> i did not i always go like halfway through a sentence and then i'm like oh this isn't what i want to say
0: <laughs>
1: and then how do you backtrack
0: are you ready for crime any sakes
1: oh yes
0: and now for the portion that we like to call crime any sakes where we tell you silly stories about crime that make you forget the terrible things we just told you
1: I don't have any, but I would love to hear some cuz I was like so
0: rough. Okay. I got this article. Now you're crazy. <laughs> got this article from Newsweek. So, these four inmates didn't want their freedom apparently. Oh, inmates. But they did want their incarceration to be a little more tolerable. Yes, please. Authorities in Beaumont, Texas, say they caught inmates from the local federal correctional complex who had escaped. And we're returning with whiskey, cell phones, and other goodies. <laughs> <laughs> reports news. They're like,
1: you know what prison's missing. <laughs>
0: this is apparently a thing at the prison. The Jefferson County Sheriff's what? Office says in a Facebook post that it set up a surveillance after repeated reports of prisoners continuing to escape and bring contraband back to the prison complex.
1: Well, at least they're coming back, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with that?
0: Investigators say the prison's... The prisoners left the prison grounds and cut through a neighborhood, a neighboring ranch, though. Where. What? Frail? Uh, through? Through yeah. a neighboring ranch where they got the. Oh, though where they got the contraband remains unclear. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Regardless, Julian Lemis, 34, Robert Young, 45, Leo Martinez, 25, and Silvestre Rico, 35, will now have new charges added to their rapture.
1: Oh, come on. They came back. <laughs> That's what I'm
0: saying. Like, they just wanted some chips and I mean, tequila. good for them,
1: though. They're being resourceful and they're responsible, responsible. right? they responsible.
0: They're like, we just need some chips.
1: I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh,
0: we will continue our efforts. It's
1: like those prisons in, like, Norway or wherever where, where they allowed get to leave, leave during the yeah. day and come yeah. back. Or, yeah. like, what Epstein got when he got to leave and then come back kind of a thing. But yeah. he, like, never went to prison. Because, right. like, you know. Because he's, he, like, a fucking sick fuck. But I was, and okay, quote, it. But um Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yeah. Uh, so.
1: I don't know. Good sh- for them. They the sheriff's back.
0: office says, we will continue our efforts to work together to make Jefferson County a safer place to live in. The complex has. It seems
1: l- safe! I mean, they're like getting their stuff and going back.
0: The complex has low, medium, and high security lockups, and the four were presumably at the low security facility. So, like,
1: just like <laughs> bounce for the day?
0: I love that. Like, yeah, why not? Heart they came back! Thing.
1: They came back! They, they should get like. Things. They should
0: get like minus sentencing. Look, they for want to have back. like a
1: party or something, then let them have a party. I think like you
0: should get a year off if you escape yeah. and come back.
1: They shouldn't get more time, that's for sure. Toba agrees.
0: A trooper stopping a car with a suspected impaired driver on a U.S. highway on Monday. Was it the dog? No. Oh. <laughs> was bemused to find a five year old in the <gasps> driver's seat. No. The Utah Highway Patrol tweeted after seeing a vehicle driving slowly and weaving in the left lane. How do they
1: reach the pedals?
0: <laughs> the interstate. Of Interstate uh, 15 Freeway, the trooper turned on his siren and the driver neatly pulled over. A- dashboard camera video posted by police captures the conversation between the trooper and the driver the five-year-old which has since been viewed on youtube almost seven hundred and sixty thousand times what you're five years old the trooper says wow he then asked (laughs) he then asked the child where he learned to drive
1: it's like the typical (laughs) conversation with a kid oh
0: how old are you oh Oh, wow And, uh, where'd you learn how to drive? Five and a half? Wow. The boy, who has not been identified as he is a minor, yeah. said he left home, he had left home in his parents' vehicle after arguing with his mother. Oh my god. Who had told him she would not buy him a Lamborghini. <laughs>
1: a five-year-old? Oh my god. He decided
0: to take the car and go to California to buy one himself.
1: With stickers?
0: The police said in a tweet, adding, he might have been short on purchase amount as he <laughs> only had $3 in his wallet.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> he had a wallet. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> I know, like, little kids have purses. You're like, what do you keep in there? Who's
0: in there? Toys. Candy? Candy and toys.
1: Nothing? Wow. <laughs> How did he even reach I don't the- know.
0: I think that's why he was driving slow and swerving because he probably was trying to, like, kind of, like, standing... And pushing. Oh, he
1: must have been standing, kind of.
0: Or he's, or he's a like really, really tall, tall Yes, he's like a really
1: big kid.
0: He was like, like Grace at five. I mean, she, she looks like, like she was 16. 16, yeah, so it could have been the <laughs> they same They wouldn't thing. have asked how old she
1: was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's going to go barter for a Lamborghini. <laughs> also, why does he know what a Lamborghini is?
0: Well, little, little kids that are into cars know what certain cars are, I would assume. Okay. He's got expensive
1: taste. Well,
0: I mean, they don't realize that the cars cost different.
1: Fine, you won't buy me a Lamborghini. I'll get one myself. Pick one up.
0: Just drive to the source. Go to California. Get myself a Lamborghini. Did
1: the mom not realize the car was gone? Like, did she not hear it start up? Like, what? There's like no report that they were like. I'm they missing even talk child to the mother? or like
0: stolen car. I or it, yeah, it must
1: have been before they like talked to the mother. They're just, just like,
0: pulled this kid over. Can you
1: imagine being that officer and just being like, you're like this, oh, car, a this, drunk yeah, this is like dangerous potentially. Pull and they car. like roll down the windows like this little kid. You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so you're five. Hey, how old oh. are you?
0: Can you show me on your hands how old
1: you Where are? Where are you going?
0: <laughs> uh, this one I also got from so yummy.com that I think wow. I did last week were like food crimes.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Okay. Takashi Ishimoto of Tokyo was accused in 2015 of making fraudulent complaints about soggy bread, <laughs> <laughs> which Who resulted was he
1: complaining to? which resulted
0: in him illegally obtaining 30 million yen equal to $251,000. For soggy bread? Ishimoto, who the Japanese media dubbed a full-time hustler, would call a store and complain that the bread he received, that he recently bought was soggy.
1: Oh, nobody wants soggy (laughs) bread. He would
0: then call the store again, this time posing as someone from the head office,
1: and demanding
0: (laughs) they give Ishimoto some replacement bread and all the cash they took in for the day as an apology to the customer. And that worked. <laughs> uh, it's no, it's unknown how Ishimoto convinced store employees he was calling from headquarters. Yes, but he did nonetheless. Oh. He admitted to his crimes when Tokyo police arrested him, and further investigations into Osh- Ishimoto's uh, has been linked. There has linked him to several other Tokyo-based <laughs> cons.
1: <laughs> Soggy bread. Yeah. I mean, I would be bummed.
0: And for your being bu- so bummed, we're gonna I give you all the all money in the to register.
1: Not just my money back. No, you're going to get bread. a fresh loaf of bread. Yes. And
0: all the money we Look, have. I need a lifetime
1: supply of fresh bread. We are. I need all the money the store ever makes ever.
0: Well, you know, the, the Japanese was culture. i very emotionally
1: damaged by the soggy bread. Well, the Japanese
0: culture is a very polite culture, and they yes. don't want to be seen as being rude. Well, so I right. can see maybe being able to convince someone that.
1: Okay, so you get a call. <laughs> like, you're working in a grocery store. You get a call. Someone's like, I just bought bread. It's soggy as fuck. Like, I'm not okay with this. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, I'm so sorry. And then they you, like, you like hang up later. the phone and then you get a call. It's like, Hey, this we're headquarters. headquarters from like the bread company. <laughs>
0: we're the bread. You department. need to it's like give this
1: guy all of your money. And you're like, okay, yes, we will do that.
0: This one also is from so yummy food crimes. Like we
1: are short cause we thought our mom was going to do it with us today.
0: Yeah. So thanks mom.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hopefully next week she will be joining us Yes. with her own story.
1: So I hope a short one's okay.
0: Okay. 74-year-old Gilberte van Erpe <laughs> most likely didn't know didn't look like a scammer. Oh. But nevertheless, she scammed thousands of Chileans into buying oh. $400 kits with which they could make magic cheese.
1: Okay, I'm so <laughs> down for magic cheese.
0: The cheese van Erpe said could be sold to cosmetic companies for big bucks to be used in luxury beauty products.
1: Okay. Because you know how much
0: cheese goes into lipstick and blush.
1: You need to buy those cheese. It will make all your beauty products way better.
0: Speaking of bath and beauty products... Speaking
1: of cheese and products...
0: Humblebee Herbal does not use cheese in their beauty products. Also, I don't know
1: who would use cheese.
0: No magic cheese has been used... Uh, Although they
1: might start... They might start... It might be a good getting thing. ...getting some magic
0: cheese.
1: I need to know more about this magic cheese. So
0: check out Humble Bee Herbal and, uh...
1: Look, you need <laughs> to give them enough to buy this cheese kit. <laughs>
0: yeah, we need... Alright. Tell you more about this magic cheese. Please do. Van Erp's swindling was part of a large pyramid scheme she crafted in 2005. She and her cronies first gave kits away for free and paid people... For their first batches of magic cheese. I wonder if it was good. I think it was just cheese. Cheese is good. (laughs) To gain trust with the Chileans and prove the kits were the real deal. (laughs) Over 5,500 people in Chile bought into Van Erp's scam, which made Van Erp and her team (gasps) multi-millionaires.
1: For magic? Cheese that you put in body products. A
0: sum of over $16 million. (laughs) The scheme finally collapsed in 2006.
1: Did you get in trouble for it? I assume so. Should we start a pyramid scheme? Magic. Okay.
0: Magic soggy bread.
1: I've always wanted to make cheese. Let's do magic soggy grilled cheese pyramid scheme. Put it in your cosmetics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, a grilled cheese sandwich could be like a like a blotter. You know, it uh, absorbs the oil.
1: Except for you're putting the oil on. Well, good or like You
0: exchange. It's a, it's an oil exchange. Oh. You exchange your face okay. oil for cheese oil, which okay. is magic.
1: Obviously. So like
0: the bread takes away your oil. Oh. And then the cheese is laid.
1: Yeah, you could like a cheese like bread <gasps> a cheese and then facial. cheese mask and then bread it off. <laughs> This is gold. Don't steal our ideas. So good. We're bread trademarking this immediately. Trademarked. Pyramid scheme. Millionaires! Let us, look, let us know if you want to get on board with this cheese if mask is bread blotters situation. anyone interested in situation.
0: cheese mask bread blotters.
1: We'll come up with a better name. We'll have a better name by the time we're ready to go public with it.
0: Right, yeah. We got to really hunker down there. Bread blotter. Bread blotter. <laughs> Alrighty. well that was our episode
1: thanks for listening also if you have anything good to say say it <laughs> as in rate review subscribe. subscribe but only if you're gonna be nice please <laughs> i don't do well Angela with has criticism. very
0: sensitive um...
1: uh, what's the word self image
0: very sensitive so be nice <laughs> don't be mean to me um,
1: don't be mean to anyone hey look if you learned anything from this podcast just be nice just be nice and keep your hands to yourself
0: don't touch people don't touch people or animals just just keep your hands to yourself be nice um, and check us out
1: check out Humblebee Herbal check
0: out Humblebee check out the Instagram at Criminy Podcast and email us at Gmail uh, Crime at at Gmail.com
1: you can
0: uh, you can talk to us on well, as we're talking on our podcast. And now we'll and give you our phone like that we're, yep. <laughs> our number. You if can you call, call us at any <laughs> um, And thank you anyone who is actually listening. Thank which, you. Mom, you're going to have to listen to this and then you're going to listen to the yeah. one that you're doing next week and you're going to be bored and you're yeah. going to make us want to do another episode. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But
1: thanks for staying with thanks us. Thanks for tuning little...
0: in. Tune in next week to hear our mom. Yeah, she better do it. She better do it.
1: Well, we said it, so now she has to.
0: You have to, Mom. We're speaking to you. Through <laughs> Mother, your radio. We
1: know you're listening.
0: Okay. <laughs> <Through> your radio. <laughs> See you next week.
1: Okay, bye. Bye.